Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to Chris Mercer, the co-founder of MeasurementMarketing.io. Now, we're talking measuring your marketing efforts. We're talking Google Analytics, Data Studio, Microsoft Excel. No, don't turn off. <laughs> it's a great chat. Honest. I learned loads, and I'm, I know you will too. Thanks for downloading. Now, do you measure your marketing efforts enough, do you think? Right? Do you do you know if folks are having trouble with areas of your website? To be honest, I think measuring our marketing is something that we can all do a little bit better. So in this episode, I'm talking to Mercer, the co-founder of MeasurementMarketing.io. So stand by for an astonishing amount of information that will change the way you think about analytics and data. It really will. Now, you can find Mercer at MeasurementMarketing.io. There's also a bunch of videos on their YouTube channel. You can find them on social as well. Check out all the links in the show notes. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media. Subscribe via your favourite podcast app. You can check out more podcasts at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Mercer was if we measure the success and failure of our marketing efforts enough. And if we don't, why not? Uh, that's a really great question. I, I think primarily it's because people tend to have a belief structure generally speaking that they are not numbers people hmm. and then when they believe themselves to not be numbers people then how well are they going to react to a bunch of numbers right it's sort yeah. of it, you just sort of instantly look at a bunch of data tables and something like maybe a tool like google analytics people kind of go like well i'm not quite sure how to read this i don't know what it means you know what i'll just come back to it later and you and you leave sort of frustrated and overwhelmed um, and and they and they have a belief that there is a story that Google Analytics or a tool like Google Analytics wants to tell them, but that they aren't able to read it, so they just sort of leave it, uh, which is a shame. And I think that's what that's what happens mostly, is is that sort of mindset creeps in. So a lot of marketers are kind of like they tend to be fairly creative people. I think they're thinking yes. of strap lines and content and ideas and things like that. And then when you get presented by just an Excel spreadsheet or or Google Analytics, <laughs> which is not pretty. Um, it kind of puts you off a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it really does. And and what's nice now is as things have evolved, because we've been teaching this stuff for a long, long time, um, and now there are tools like Data Studio that exist, which are free. Google uh, created this program called Data Studio, where you can have either have somebody in your team or uh, you know, an outsourcer or a vendor create a dashboard for you, or you can create it. But the beauty of using something like Data Studio, you basically connect it into Google Analytics, but then you build a report that shows you just the stuff you want. So like ours, if you imagine kind of like a flow chart, that's how mm. all of our reports look like. They look like little funnels. And it's like, here's how many people went from this stage to this stage. And here's what the conversion rate was. And here's what the average ticket was. And so with a tool like Data Studio and, and tools like that that are out there now, it is a lot easier to be able to build a report that just shows you the stuff that you want to see that answers the questions that you're asking so that you can basically sort of interact with that dashboard and then like go back to work, right? And come up with, oh, if you need to improve the hook or the offer or the, the funnel uh, itself. Yeah. Do, do you think we need to be either employing or kind of outsourcing the, the role of like a, some sort of, I don't know, data analyst within the marketing department? That's another great question. Personally, I always recommend, and I think this is in stages, but mm -hmm. I think the ultimate destination is that the company, the brand, the organization should have measurement muscle in-house. You should mm -hmm. know how to measure because when you understand how to measure what's happening, it it, it opens up 
what you can do. And it focuses the team's resources on things that are more than likely going to actually move the needle, uh, to borrow that cliche. So that's, I think it should be in-house. I think that there are stages to that where in the beginning, if you just don't have the people on your team that know this stuff, and even if you had people, they don't have time to learn this stuff, well, then you are probably using a vendor or an outsourcer or something along those lines. But pretty quickly, you want to make sure that you're not reliant on that vendor unless uh, and we've got clients that do this mm. where they're basically just part of the team and they're they're a vendor but they're basically part of the team yeah, sure. and so we've had clients that have you know we've done measurement with for you know six or seven years at this point now um, because we are we are literally just part of their team um, in that case and so that would be the only caveat so essentially we're bringing in the measurement muscle for that company um, but I but I am a fan of people learning it because when you learn measurement you you start to understand more about how the the mechanics of your marketing is working where the messaging is is landing where the messaging is not landing what particular step of a funnel might need to be focused and improved upon and that's the beauty of it because again it helps you focus your resources on the things that will actually give you a, a ideally a better than average chance of having a successful result. Um, you've coined the phrase measurement marketing. Explain what exactly you mean by this. Yeah. So the way that I've always thought about marketing in general, right? Sales and marketing. Mm. My background is primarily out of sales and sales management yeah. uh, since the days of radio uh, when yeah. I first started. But the the idea is in an offline world, like if I had a shoe store, you might come into my shoe store. I'd ask you what kind of shoes you're looking for. I'd then bring you over to the shoes. I'd get you to try them on. Ultimately, hopefully sell you some socks on the way out the door. Maybe a buy one, get one or something like that. Yeah. Maybe get your email so I can send you a coupon to get you to come back later. But what would be happening in that transaction, a very natural transaction, would be a conversation. I would sure. be asking you questions, you'd be responding, I would be adjusting my side of the conversation to keep the conversation going to ultimately, hopefully, uh, create a transaction from it. And that's offline, that sort of makes sense, everybody kind of nods along at that. But the same thing is happening digitally. And sure. I think that's where a lot of marketers forgot. They forgot that there still is a conversation. Only now, is since you can't physically be in front of that person, your website is. And so that person, that user, is having a conversation with the website. The website is having a conversation back with the user. And if you don't know what that conversation is, how are you going to kind of, quote unquote, train the website to do a better job of selling if you have no idea what that conversation is? Sure. And that's the beauty of measurement marketing. So for us, measurement is how we listen. So you use measurement to listen to their side of the conversation. And with practice, you get better and better at setting up different measurement at different levels so that you can uh, kind of hear that conversation a little clearer, right? Get more details yeah. from their side of the conversation. And then marketing is how we respond. It's how we adjust our side of the conversation to make sure that the conversation continues in the right direction. So it's just a process of listening and responding. And that's, again, measurement is how we listen. Marketing is how we respond. And that's why we've sort of denoted this as measurement marketing to help to help the marketers who are, they look at data analysts and they go, well, I'll never be able to do that. Yeah, and yeah. You should, never should. I don't think you should. Yeah. I don't think most companies need heavy data analysts. They, they just don't. You need to understand trends and patterns and you need to be aware of the conversation, just like if you're a salesperson in an offline store and you would naturally change and adjust what you're doing based upon the feedback you get. And that's why measurement marketing is so important because it gives you that feedback because you can listen to the conversation that's actually happening. Yeah, that's really interesting. You, you kind of like talk about a, an offline world because the, one thing I always, always try, try and explain to, to folks when I'm doing training sessions is that if you walk into an off, into sort of like a real store, real bricks and mortar store, you, you're asking questions and you're saying saying things to people all the time. And, and I kind of like 
thing, if, if you go to your website and the only thing you could say is the words on your website, would you actually right. make a sale? That's exactly right. That's a brilliant way of looking at it because you're exactly right. Like the way, the way that we go through it. So we have a, a kind of our flagship training programs called the Measure Marketing Academy. And we measure for the performance of the offer page. And we, that offer page has one job. And that is to build the value of the product enough so that they will click to go to the cart with an interest in purchasing at that yeah. point. Because if they go to the cart without an interest in purchasing, that's not going to be useful. Um, and so that you know, we'll measure for that step. Then we measure for the cart to see, okay, did the cart do its job? Because at this point, the cart has one job. It has really not to build value because that should have already been done by the step prior. Its job is to facilitate a payment, to not get in the way, and to reassure that, yes, this is the right thing to do. And then, of course, there's the thank you page, which then proceeds to set the expectation as far as what's coming down and hey, here are the next steps to get started, et cetera, et cetera. And so we measure each individual step. And, and in my head, I, I do very much look at them as three different salespeople, each person having a different job, right? Each step yeah. of that funnel or that customer journey has a different job. And I measure, did you do your job? And if you did, great, then I'll send more people to you, right? I'll quote unquote, give you more leads if you think about it from a sales perspective. But if they aren't, if that isn't doing its job, that's where the marketing team comes in and says, okay, well, let's, let's maybe adjust the headline or maybe we've, we've seen by the numbers that it's not the headline, it's the offer. And we need to simplify the offer or explain the offer in a different way. But at least the, the resources are focused on the right spot and we're not out guessing around to kind of doing this random acts of marketing where we're like, well, I guess we should try a webinar. Webinars seem to be a good thing. Let's try that. But there's no, but it's a, it's data-driven decision, right? It's, it's based on the numbers, which is so important. Sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about, about like the specifics of, of how to measure things and what to measure and that. But first of all, I want to mention the word vanity metrics. I mean, do you think there is such a thing as vanity metrics? Does it exist? And, and what would be a vanity metric? Yeah, that's a, a great question. I think vanity metrics in general, I think they're a thing. Um, but the way that I would phrase a vanity metric, how do you know if a metric is vanity or not, mm. is if it's useful or not. Yeah. So if, if the metric is useful and it's helping you, to get better results, then I think it's it's worth knowing about. Um, but it can the same thing that's useful one day cannot be useful the next. So, for example, if you have uh, let's say an email open rate and your email open rates are at five percent, like that's yeah. that's traditionally that's very very low, right? That would yeah. be a bad and you sort of have to focus on that. Be like, okay, let's maybe rewrite our subject lines or re or retarget the audience or scrub the list, but we got to get our open rates up. It's not a vanity metric at that point because you you definitely see that hey they're not engaging with our brand and we need them to do that, so let's make some adjustments and all of a sudden they do. So let's say you get your open rate up to you know twenty five percent or something around there. So now you've got your open rate at twenty five percent. And or let's say even better, you just knocked it out of the park and it's at 50 percent as yeah. an example. Right. So way above average all of a sudden. Well, if in that in that 50 percent, if if you're sending 50 percent of your, your open rates are, are and that's a great thing and you want to celebrate that and tell everybody about that at the next mastermind, that's fantastic. But if all of that traffic goes to your funnels, right, or goes to your customer journeys and none of them purchase, sure. then is it now a useful metric to say, well, yeah, we've got a 50% yeah. open rate. It's like, yeah, but they didn't actually, it's not useful, who cares? You could have a 100% open rate and if nobody's clicking, as an example, or if everybody clicks but nobody actually goes through the funnel, well, that metric's not particularly useful. Now it's just vanity. Now it's just the thing you're saying that has no real usefulness. Really what you should be now concerned with is your conversion rate on the offer or the conversion rate between the offer and the cart or, or whatever the, the, the next new useful metric is. And so to, to kind of recap, like vanity metrics would be metric that isn't particularly useful. 
And uh, the other sort of fancy word that people will use is KPIs. So yes. a KPI, a key performance indicator, right? Yeah. A KPI is just a metric, a number that is useful. That's yeah. all it is. And, and typically it's the most useful thing at that point that you're looking for because that's the key, you know, hence the KPI part. And then you go and you, you focus on that to make it better. But eventually what is a KPI this month may not be a key uh, performance indicator for you next month. If that's fixed and in line, you might have something else you have to focus on. So they move around a little bit. Yeah. So you think it's a good idea to maybe revisit what you're measuring every few months, every six months, whatever, quarterly, something like that? So, uh, yeah, th what'll happen typically that we have seen is you follow a certain framework. And, and if you follow a certain framework, your measurement implementations will naturally evolve and improve. And so the framework basically goes, you plan things out, and in doing so, one of the first things you do in a, in a plan is you ask questions. Like, here are the questions I'm gonna need to get answers to. And then you think through, what's the information I need to collect in order to get those answers? And then you think, okay, what actions will I take based upon the answers I get? And so now you've got kind of a plan and you'll build out at that point, your measurement system to make sure that it's collecting the right information so you can get answers to the questions that you want. But what happens when you get answers to the first round of questions? There's inevitably more questions that you know, you can see because all of a sudden it's like you climb one mountaintop, you see the next mountaintop. So now instead of wondering, maybe a simple question to start off with might be, well, how many users are seeing my site? And then it goes into, well, how many users are actually coming from Facebook and are they becoming leads? Well, that's a little more complicated question, right? It's not yeah. particularly hard to answer, but it does require a different measurement setup to make sure that you that it understands what you mean by a lead, right? Like you might have to set a goal in something like sure. Google Analytics to measure something like that. So what'll happen is as your questions get bigger and bigger, which they will, your measurement systems get better and better to answer those questions. And that is a process. So the biggest hint I can give to everybody on this is do not start asking the most complicated possible questions and then try to, because you have to build a very complicated setup in order to answer that. And sure. most people, when they're just starting out, they don't have the muscle for it yet. They haven't learned measurement. They haven't gone through it a few times. So you go through it at the sort of what we call uh, the phrase we use is get good enough to get going, come back and make it better later. Cause you always will, you always revisit it. Um, but it'll be dependent upon the questions that you're asking. As long as the answers, the questions you're currently asking, I think it's whatever measurement system you use, it, it's perfectly fine as long as it gives you those answers. So what sort of tools should we be looking at? I mean, is it really just going down the, the lines of Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, Data Studio and using that or, or are there other things that you would you would bring into the picture? Yeah, it's another another great question. I, I am a fan of taking advantage of tools that are out there that are accessible. Mm. Uh, and in the case of the Google products like Analytics, Tag Manager, and Data Studio, they're free for 99.9% for .9 of the people out there. Yeah. Um, so I like those tools because the challenge has been that at least in, in our perspective, it's not that the tool can't do something. It's that the person using the tool doesn't know how to do it with the yeah. tool. Yeah. And so that's why we have essentially created our business to help people learn how to use all of the, that stuff, right? All the, all the Googleverse sure. um, of stuff because it's accessible and it's free and, and it just is, you have to have a certain framework for it and a certain mindset toward it. But when you follow some basic steps, you actually get a lot more from those. And then eventually, if it gets to a point, again, I'll go back to the, the questions example, if you get to a point where you just can't answer the questions that you need to get answers to, then you improve things. And I'll give you a brief example might be if you're just starting out you probably don't need Tag Manager or Data Studio. Just get used to Google Analytics. Learn sure. the basics of, of how to tag in your traffic and set goals and all the stuff that kind of gets you started to get some visibility in what's going on. And you can answer questions like, how many people saw this page or how many people saw that page? And that can help you figure out conversion rates and that sort of stuff. 
But eventually you might ask a question like this is one that we ask ourselves. Again, we do this now because we have the muscle. Mm -hmm. um, so only do this when you when you have the experience to do it. But we started asking questions like not just how many people were maybe seeing the offer page for the Measurement Marketing Academy, but how many people actually stayed and looked at the actual pricing table, right? The, where the true sure. offer is being made. How many looked at that for at least four seconds in the viewable browser window? Because we're trying to measure for a behavior. So instead of just a number of people, we're not measuring for numbers anymore. We're trying to measure for a behavior and to see, are they investigating the offer and just not clicking? Or is it that they're not even seeing the offer? Because that's two different problems that we yeah, can yeah. solve now, right? And so at that point, you do need something like Tag Manager to be able to effectively do that. Um, easily. And so we added Tag Manager in years ago because we needed to answer bigger questions and we outgrew what analytics could easily do on its own. So we add Tag Manager in now because Tag Manager with analytics kind of supercharges the whole thing, gives us this whole new level of visibility. And then eventually we add in Data Studio because we want to be make our reports much faster so we can get to the actions, right, that we want to take and optimize things faster. So then, and then, so you, you do, I think eventually most businesses will use all three, uh, but grow into them. If you haven't started using all three, don't start by trying all three because that's a massive amount of learning. Yeah, yeah. that you have to do and it just becomes harder and, and what's more important when it comes to measurement is making progress than having perfect answers because if you make progress with it you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel so to speak and you and you stay with it and then all of a sudden you do build measurement muscle you do change how you think about measurement and it's no longer about just how much revenue we made and how many transactions we sold sure. you do start measuring for things like behaviors on the pages and that's really what levels up everything. Yeah, and I suppose when you look at these results, it gives you ideas on how you can maybe change copy, redesign the page or the website and that. A hundred percent, yeah. So like we, we will measure for if somebody's what we call introduced to the product. So yeah. with the Academy page, it might be they have to be there at least 10 seconds. And then we fire a little event that says, okay, they've been introduced because they're still there 10 seconds later. Then we measure for, are they interested? So for us, that is, they have to scroll because it's a long form copy uh, kind of page. So they have to scroll down at least halfway and be there at least 45 seconds. And if those two right. things are true, we go, well, they are now showing interest in the message. And then of course there's that investigate where they actually look at the offer for at least four seconds. And then if they click, we call that the initiate. So they're, they're initiating to go to the cart. And, uh, and they all start with eyes, so we call this eyes on the journey. Mm -hmm. um, but this, this particular funnel, our, our marketing team looks at that almost every day. And they see just a shape, it looks like a little funnel. And they look at that and they go, cool, that's healthy. Job is now scale, get more traffic, get more eyeballs because it's working. Or they look at it and say, well, Google Organic's doing really well, the direct traffic's doing really well, but the, let's say the paid Facebook traffic not doing well at all. And if it's the paid Facebook traffic is coming in, but nobody is is being introduced, let's say they expect 90% of the people to stick around at least 10 seconds, but the Facebook traffic, maybe it's 30% of the people that stick around for, for more than 10 seconds. Well, that's not great. Mm -hmm. And that will tell the marketing team there's an expectation mismatch that happened immediately. So it was either the ad was incorrect in what the messaging was and, and prepared a message that they did not expect when that offer page came in, or it's maybe it did, but the offer page is just mismatching and the offer page needs to be um, a better better fit. But they know because it's they didn't stay there less than 10 seconds, they know to focus above the fold. 
they don't go down the rabbit hole of, well, let's try a different offer or, well, let's try a different copy or let's try a video that's like, nope, we know it's above the fold because it's happening so quick because they, they can, you know, virtually see the conversation and they get to the users and the users go, nope, that's, that's not for me. And, and they know, okay, that's something that yeah. quote unquote, that salesperson did right to kind of kick the person out of the business too fast. It's like, okay, let's figure out what that is and adjust it. But to your point, they know exactly where to focus their resources and it's coming from the measurement that's doing that. It's not an opinion. There's yeah. no drama. There's no guessing. There's no meetings that have to happen. It's just the market telling them. It's it's our own users saying, "Hey, if you adjust this piece, we'll we'll stick around longer." You know, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. That, that's the best person to actually pay attention to is your customer. The elephant in the room at the moment, I suppose, is third-party cookies and mm. kind of the rise of of ad blockers and tracker blockers. I know Firefox web browser. There's a way the Brave web browser, um, Microsoft Edge are employing tracking, blocking, and all sorts of things. How, how is, and, and I think third-party cookies are going to disappear at some point anyway. Correct. But how, yeah. how will this change how we collect this data? Uh, another great question. Mm. I, so the way that we sort of phrase is there's, there's three storms that we are in in the world of measurement right now, in the world of marketing in general. There is a tech storm, and that's where you were talking about like with uh, Safari years ago changed how cookies get calculated. And, you know, if Google sets a cookie for two years, Safari says, nope, seven days, right? Yeah, and they override sure. that. So that happened years ago. Um, the big famous one, of course, is what happened in early 2021 when Facebook and Apple got in their little tiff um, and Facebook freaked out the world. So, um, but that was, again, that's that's tech, right? That they control sure. the roads. And so they can change the roads sometimes. So that's happening. And Google, to your point, in two years, Google's going to get rid of third-party cookies with Chrome. Uh, at least yeah. that's the current plan by 2023. So yeah, Yes, they're going away. Measurement gets harder because of that. There are so that's the tech side. There are laws, which is the other storm, right? GDPR. You've got California's. There will certainly be one in the U.S. and other countries will adopt these. That's just going to happen. Like we're on that train. It's a matter of when it hits you, but it's sure. coming this way, right? So we have tech, we have laws, and then also to your point, the users. So users are changing and using Brave. They're using ad blockers, right? So yeah. you have tech laws and users that are combining for the superstorm that essentially means practically it every day there's less that you can measure sure. and that's a scary situation to think about because everyone's in the past always thought that they could measure like every single fish in the ocean is what they've been <laughs> yeah, feeling yeah. right that they've been doing this and they really haven't but they it's felt like that and so now when we're entering this world where you're not going to be able to measure every single fish in the ocean you're just going to be able to measure where most of the fish are most of the time but that's still okay because you can do a lot with that if you understand how to measure. And you start upgrading your tools because the tools are radically changing. Um, starting with Facebook, they're, they're doing what they call conversion modeling. So they know, like ads platforms, they know that they are not getting all the signals back that they could be getting back. So they're modeling what the results are, right? Sure. Uh, Google Analytics 4, which is kind of the new kid on the block when it comes to analytics platforms, it's a complete replacement for universal analytics. It wasn't an upgrade. Google calls an upgrade. It is not that. It is a it is technically an upgrade, but it is a complete replacement. The only thing it has in common with universal analytics is the fact that it's also called Google Analytics. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, it's a completely different platform. But the beauty of it, why they had to do that, was because they knew we have to build a platform that is built to measure things that cannot be measured in the future. And they 
and they integrated machine learning and AI from the root up. Where Universal, the, the traditional Google Analytics that everyone's probably currently using, they can't do that. So sure. at a certain point, it's just not going to work. But GA4, Google Analytics 4, will work because it understands, oh, I just need to get a sample, a good quality sample size, and then it can ex extrapolate out and model conversions. The big changes that'll happen besides the, the fact of using those tools and upgrading your tool set, which everybody should be doing, mm -hmm. uh, but you should also understand measurement in general. So you, you focus, and what I mean by that is trends and patterns. A lot of people get caught up in the individual A number and they're looking for like A number, but it's never that, it's always a range and it's always trends and patterns. And when you get used to trends and patterns, it's easier to use modeling to be able to predict, predict out and say, well, my conversion rates should be for like say a cold traffic opt-in rate might be between 30 and 37% for, for you. And you know it's gonna be between 30 and 37%. If it's higher than 37%, you might know, okay, we're, we're, it's too high, right? We need, we need yeah. to maybe expand out the traffic a little bit because we're targeting too tightly. If it's lower than 30%, maybe you do have an offer issue and you gotta maybe adjust the offer a little bit uh, to get the opt-in in. But again, you're, you're just basing it off of trends and patterns. And to be able to take those sort of actions, you just don't need to know what every single person is doing. You just sure. need to know what a, most of the people are doing most of the time to get your trend and patterns, to get that model. Yeah. Um, so once we've started measuring things and we get all the data back, nobody wants to sit in front of an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, I know some people love Excel spreadsheets, but yeah. me, I know. Yeah. I know, not at all. Get those <laughs> as far away from me as possible. Um, we need to be able to produce kind of like human readable reports, don't we? Especially if we're reporting to the board and that. Um, exactly. You've touched on Data Studio. Is, is that kind of what you'd recommend to, to do this? It is, yeah. I mean, Data Studio is a platform that you can create and say, like, again, we do it highly visual. Like, I, mm. I am definitely comfortable with numbers. I, I don't yeah. call myself a numbers person, um, but I am comfortable. I'm numbers tolerant, right? Yeah. Um, so I can get into a Data Studio report, or sorry, excuse me, I can get into like a Google Analytics report. I can work with a spreadsheet. I can make that stuff happen. But even though I have that skill set, it's not something I enjoy. I use Data Studio, my team builds Data Studio reports. And I look at literally the shape of a report, the shape of a funnel, because that's what they all look like, like little sales funnels. I look at the shape of the funnel and I know in a second if it's a good shape or a bad shape. And because the, the way that the shape is telling me, I know if it's a problem with the offer or a problem with the traffic or it's a problem with uh, you know, the above the fold copy or whatever it is, I can tell by the shape. Um, in a customer journey style thing where we're measuring for a certain sales funnel, I have that flowchart. Uh, design. So I can basically go in there, I can look up that page and I can see how the actual users are going through the funnel. And is the marketing machinery, is it working like it's supposed to? Because we have forecasts for how this is supposed to perform. And then we can go to that report again within 20 seconds tops. Mm -hmm. I get in there because my job, kind of like what you're saying, like, I don't want to stay in numbers all day long. I have things I have to do, right? Yeah, We're a yeah, small team yeah. like everybody else is. We're a small business like everybody else has. You can't spend your day analyzing reports. I don't think they should be analyzed. I think if, if you have to analyze a report, it's too complicated. Yeah. And so we make our data studio reports. So you can get in, get your answer, and get back out and go take action. Um, and that's and data studio really is not, it really is suited for that because you can, it can be uh, combined in a myriad of ways. Some people like data tables. You can use a data table, but if you just want a flowchart, you can build a flowchart. If you want a graphic funnel, you can build a funnel, a little graphic yeah, yeah. funnel. Um, and that's what's nice about it because you can build it to answer your questions so that you can get back to work very very quickly. Yeah. I think the only thing that's worse than the Google Analytics 
interface is the Google Ads interface. I think. <laughs> so true. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it is true. They're, I always, I always call them googly. I'm like, I know they did their best, but it's yeah. very googly right now. Oh, you know? I know. Yeah, I know. You just, just made, made by engineers. That's that's all. Yeah, I can tell you. Made exactly. You you log on and you just you just lose a little bit of will to live, don't you? And think, oh, <laughs> so seriously. You're like, yeah. I know I should know where this is. I've seen this. I've tried to figure yeah. it out eight times, and every time I try to figure it out, yeah, it's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, um, Mercer, I could chat for hours on this. It's a fascinating topic. And um, where can we find you? Where is your website and all your social media bits? I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one other thing, and then I'll give you the website. Yeah, sure. One other tool, because I don't know if you've if you've played much with it. Do you know about Microsoft Clarity by chance? I've heard of it, and I've had a quick look at it. Yeah, it's quite it interesting. Worth, it is worth looking at. So mm. that's another tool that is free. It's Microsoft's analytics package, mm -hmm. um, and they. It's kind of similar to if you've ever used Crazy Egg or Hotjar. Yeah, yeah. It is a. It's a visual analytics. So if if anyone's listening to this and they're kind of like, man, I, I just don't like the number stuff, and you want to see more pictures. Clarity is pretty good. So it's just clarity.microsoft.com. Get a little piece of script. It pops it on your page, and it's all you have to do. Yeah. Uh, and it automatically starts recording videos of things. Uh, and they've broken it down into certain topics. Like they'll have one called Rage Clicks, which is where somebody's <laughs> clicking on a certain thing a you know, really, really quickly, yeah. be thinking it's a button, thinking it does something. Sure. And yeah. then it'll separate those out and say, oh, 2% of your site has Rage Clicks. Would you like to see those videos? And you're like, yes, I would. And it's yeah, so yeah. simple. There's basically no setup. It is super useful to, to help get insight. So I'll give that to, to people to just as an additional resource outside of the the Google verse uh, is Microsoft yeah. Clarity. Yeah, I think I, I had a look at it. Um, oh, I think it was just after it launched. I think and it was kind of like heat maps and session yeah. recording and attention spans and things like. That. It did look quite useful. Pretty cool tool. Yeah, it really is. And consider again, free, right? The budget's yeah, right, yeah, so it's yeah. worth. It's definitely worth exploring yeah. that. Um, and then going back to your original question about how they can find us, obviously our, our company name is measuremarketing.io, so you can feel free to go to measuremarketing.io, learn more about what we have. We have uh, a lot of free training on our YouTube channel. If any of this stuff interests you and you want to learn more about it, uh, just go to measuremarketing.io forward slash YouTube. And then we the final offer I think we actually have if you definitely already want to learn this stuff. We have a lot of tools like traffic tracking toolkits and dashboard planners mm -hmm. and marketing behavior toolkits. We make those all available for free uh, cool. for everybody. It's something we call the toolbox membership. So if you're interested in that, if you just go to measuremarketing.io forward slash N-A-M-P, not another marketing podcast, so N-A-M-P, um, and you will take you right to the toolbox membership. You can sign up for that, and and then you have access to all of the tools. We again, it's just our way of helping build the community. Ah, fantastic! What I'll do is I'll stick links to all those bits in the show notes, so folks can just tap away there. Uh, Mercer, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, John. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again to Mercer for his time. There's a bunch of links to tap on in the show notes, so check those out. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google. It's all over the place. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.